to Core Community Covenant Church with Pastors Max and Trish. Join us as we learn more about the Word of God. Um, so today we're going to talk about, continue talking about sharing. And uh, we talked about sharing time yesterday, uh, last week, and today we're going to talk about sharing talents. And uh, we're going to go into, into the parable. Well, actually, not a parable. Is it a parable? It's not mm-hmm. actually a parable. Is it a parable? It's a parable of the talents. Parable of the talents. So we're going to go into parable of talents. So if you guys want to open your uh, books, your phones, your... Bibles. Bible, Bibles, yes. Let's go crazy. Let's we need the Bible. Who have an actual Bible. This, this is the best part. <laughs> So we're in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14 through 30. So Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Okay, so I'll, I'll read two, and then if we can just go around. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents? Here, I have made five talents more. His master master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Amen. That's a, that's a cheerful note to end on. Save the Lord. <laughs> so... It was amazing. Uh, this this parable is is very uh, to me. It's a very famous scripture, especially when the people talk about 
gifts of the Spirit and everything else. And we're going to get into those things, uh, but we really wanted to intro, do an intro uh, before we get into, get into the gifts of the Spirit, like prophesying and teaching and administering and giving and then uh, other gifts that are natural gifts that come from us, like playing the piano, like worship, like uh, leadership and things like that. But before we want to do it, we really wanted to look at this parable and point out a couple of things that that are really important that uh, God really convicted us about. So one, one of the cool things that we said there, uh, just so you guys know, when they're talking about talent, talent is a is a weight. Oh, so it's like okay. a pound. It's not a pound coin, like or a ounce. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Like I, we always pick, I always pictured like five talents. He gave him five coins, especially it says gold. So it's, a, it's actually talking five talents is weight. Mm. So a talent is 75 pounds. Mm-hmm. One talent is 75 pounds. And when we talk about one talent of gold, 75 pounds, pounds of, of gold. gold. And if you. T- so we are not talking about chump change. Yeah. Here. We're not talking about like money he found in the couch cushion. <laughs> this is. A lot. Right. And just to give you a perspective, an ounce of gold right now is worth almost $2,000. So 75 pounds of gold. Anyone want to do the math? It's a lot. It's two point three. It was it was two point three million dollars for just one one talent. talent. So it was just one of those things. Like even in that, we kind of had to pause and be like, there was a lot of value in there. This talent, this things that this owner gave them, had a lot of a lot of value into it. Right. And part of what's happening here in the story is the cheapening of the value. Why at the end the servant is a, a wicked and lazy servant is because he took something of great value and just buried it and hid it in the ground out of fear, out of whatever the motives were, uh, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, he, the other servants, they saw the value of what they had been entrusted with and they invested it. They, it's, um, one of them says it traded. The other said that it, um, they invested it. So there's different ways that they multiplied what they had been given. And just to, to clarify, it's, it's important because th- these aren't coins. So we're not talking about money. It's not that God has given you financial blessings, although all of those things also belong to God. In this story, we wanted to unpack. Uh, we can just start off. It says he's talking about the kingdom of God. So this parable, when Jesus tells parables, the vast majority of the time, he's making a metaphor or a parable to help us understand the kingdom of God. So the things that we cannot see, the things we cannot understand, he breaks it into everyday understandable things that we can visualize to help us understand the spiritual realm. So it starts off and it says, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey. Well, who is the man who went on a journey? You could do the Sunday school answer. It's not it. (laughs) No, in the kingdom. We know it's Jesus, right? He... He came, he died, he rose, and then he says he's going to prepare a place for us. So he goes on this journey, and it says he called his servants and entrusted his property to them. Mm-hmm. So he entrusts his, his kingdom, he entrusts his wealth to them. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if you want to take that next part. Of what is it that he entrusted? To yeah, I think, I think that was a big thing is that we, we kind of get 
hung up on, I feel like, the gifts and everything else, the spiritual gifts. But we need to remember what is the one thing that he gave to all the believers. That's the Holy Spirit. That, that's the only thing. And now, I, I really wanted to kind of jump into, in James chapter 1, 16, it says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting ch- shadows. So it's this... Come, there's only one thing that came from above. It's the Holy Spirit. The Son came in the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit. That's it. The car, the money, the, all this stuff, this was, it was here already. There wasn't like all of a sudden uh, an SUV fall down and like, ooh, I got a car from the heaven. Jesus, God bless me with it. They bless him. But the things that come from the Father, like from above, it's the Spirit and Spirit alone. So when we're talking about uh this talent that they gave us we need to focus that it is the spirit that is in us that 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 we have that we that we that we got so we just finished the series on the holy spirit and it's so important for us to understand that the holy spirit is the spirit of god and that the holy spirit is a person not a force not a power not a you know and that we are temples of the holy spirit so we're we are meant our our spiritual journey is to be transformed in the image of Christ where we we create his body was broken for us and so now his spirit dwells in in these this treasure in these jars of clay mm-hmm. that's the reality that we're living is that he breathes his holy spirit on us and now it's not our spirit his spirit dwells within us and we are to create a home so he yes he's gracious he forgives sin he's compassionate slow to anger but at the same time he's like i have poured out my spirit in you mm-hmm. and so there's a certain way that we should walk we should live a life worthy of the calling we've received so our life is not our own right we were singing that like to him we belong yeah. so we we have to give ourselves our dreams our hopes our desires we have to give those things away and we have to walk in step with the holy spirit and and Again, going to the, to the next verse where it says, to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent. Uh, understanding the value, I think we, we grieve the Holy Spirit because we don't understand the riches that we have been given by being given the Holy Spirit. We, we downplay and we're like, oh, well, I can't sing as well as that person or, oh, I'm, I'm not as anointed as that person or I can't speak as eloquently. We do these things and, and God is like, it says here in, in verse 15, he gave each according to his ability. Mm-hmm. Even if you just have one measly talent, it's worth millions. Like yeah. you, you don't hide it under a bushel, right? That old, <laughs> that old song, right? Of uh yeah, don't let the devil blow it out. <laughs> um, that we have to let it shine. And and we can't compare the one talent that we may have to the two talents or the five talents of someone else. Because we have been given a pearl of great price. And, and these jars of clay that we live in have been given a treasure that we are to steward. It is The Holy Spirit is not ours to keep. Yeah. It's The Holy Spirit is ours to steward. And to cultivate and grow and and increase the reach of what the Holy Spirit can do, His kingdom coming in this world. Yeah, and that's the scary part. The scary part that we see in churches is the comparison. Uh-huh. And I think he did the same thing. He said, "Well, this guy got five, and this guy, t- I just got one. I'm not going to do nothing with it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's not even worth to invest. Let's <laughs> say he knew about investing, but he's like, you know what? 
this $2.3 million, I can't do nothing with it. I'm just going to hide it. And that's what we see in the churches all the time. People are gifted, but they look at the church of people around them and they're like, well, they got this. Wow, they can preach. They can veg. Man, have you heard them pray? And they go out and serve. And all I do is... I can clean the toilet. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know. Like, I can give two point three million dollars to somebody. You know, and we and we just hold on to that and we just hide it and we're like, you know, nobody needs it. Right. That, and this a lot of it is because of the comparison part, and we don't understand that it's even that one thing is so value valuable to God, and and I think what we need to again push through it that. Remember, it's, it's, it's not about you. We've, we've been talking about it a lot. It's not about you. It's about the God and the Holy Spirit that is in you. So we need to remember like all these gifts, those amazing five gifts that that person has, amazing two gifts that that person has, and the amazing one gift that you have, it's not yours. It's not yours. Even in this one, this five, two, and one talents weren't theirs. He gave it to them, and then at he the end, he entrusted it to them. And at the end, he, we, we talk about that. He's like, all right. He, when he came back, he came to settle. And they're like, hey, here's the five. Here's another five more. Right? right? They weren't, it wasn't theirs. That, that we need to understand. Like, these talents, these gifts that we have, uh, spiritual or natural that God has blessed us with, they're not ours to... Right to hold on to it's not ours to get credit for or anything else right even just down to i know we wanted to get into i remember mario asking and i think at some point we need to have a separate um discussion maybe multiple about just the difference between natural skills and skill and gifts that have been given by the holy spirit you know skills like leadership or um, having, you know, a beautiful voice or being able to be artistic or, you know, certain natural, what we would call natural gifts versus the New Testament gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are like prophecy and teach, you know, th- those sorts of things. But let's go back to the beginning. In In the beginning, when God created, the way that we came into being was that he breathed his spirit in us to begin with. So His the spirit that is inside of us is on loan so even what we would claim as natural gifts, every breath belongs to the Lord. Amen. So your natural gifts, you can't do anything apart from Christ. So you don't, and again, this is where I think we've gone off track is we're like, oh, well, you know, I'm good at math or, oh, I'm good at this or I'm good at that. No, actually, no, you're, you're dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Every breath you have is on loan from Christ. And so there is nothing that you can do apart from him. Every breath that you have, every word that you can speak, everything that you are is a gift that he has entrusted to you. And he could take your life from you tonight. Yeah. He yeah. could demand your life in this very moment. And, and we have to shift the way that we operate because not only do we take our natural gifts and we make them like they're our own, but then... We, we accept Christ and we receive the Holy Spirit and we start to claim the supernatural gifts right. as if they were our own. And we start to build our own kingdoms using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. People who announce themselves as prophetesses or, you know, these, these preachers and teachers who build a megachurch kingdom, right? And, and we, can, we can say, not that there's anything wrong with a large gathering of believers, but we, we've been on this journey to distinguish the difference. 
that Christ is present where two or more are gathered. We don't need the fog machines. We don't need the lights. Right. What we need is the true, you know, we need to worship in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we need to get back to. So he, he gives talents, it says, according to their ability. So, you know, people like to say that God won't give you more than you can handle, but they use it in the context of like suffering and hardship. And I don't know about you, but I have found that to be totally false. <laughs> God actually allows you to suffer and endure way more than what you can handle because right. it forces you to count on him and mm-hmm. to lean on him. Yeah. But where he doesn't give you more than you can handle is the blessings and the gifts. Mm-hmm. So he won't give you more wealth than what you can steward. He won't give you more talent than what you can steward. And so you have to do, you, you want to be a good and faithful servant, whether he's given you little or whether he's given you much. To whom much is given, this is biblical, mm-hmm. to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah. So if you want to look at someone and you wish you had the five talents, you better be careful what you pray because are you willing to drink the cup that they had to drink? Mm. Are you willing to suffer what they have had to suffer? Yeah. Are you Listen. willing to carry that cross? Jesus. You look and you're like, wow, I wish I could have a prophetic nature or I could teach like that. Are you ready to fast and lose and, and suffer and, and cry yeah. the tears in the midnight oil mm-hmm. the way that they did to, to get to the place where they are? Probably not. So, I mean, I think we should desire the greater gifts and we should pray for those things. But I, I would rather have the two talents and do well with it than to have five. <laughs> and, and then Jesus is like, you were wicked. Like you wasted it all, you know? Um, so that's, that's right. So understanding that God gives you according to your ability. And, and over time, as we become more spiritually mature and as we grow, what this story is illustrating is that it can increase. Yeah. So when you first become a believer and he gives you the Holy Spirit, you may only have two talents. But if you steward and cultivate the gifts that he's given you, whether it's teaching, whether it's giving, whether it's serving, whatever that gift is, Okay, then it will increase and it will multiply and you will not only have a greater uh, fluency in that gift, but you will also get additional gifts just like these went from five to ten, two to four, et cetera, et cetera. But where the church has gone so wrong is that we we focus more on cultivating the natural gifts than the supernatural gifts. Hmm. So you come into a church and they do a, a skills test or a gifts test. Or they like find out what you do and they're like, like Sandra has shared like, oh, you're a teacher. Cool. You can teach the Sunday school. And it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, graphic design. Cool. We have some stuff you could do for, you know, and, and we live in the carnal. Yeah. And what the church should be focused on is not using you for your natural gifts, but cultivating in you what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in, in the supernatural gifts. Um, and again, it, it's not out there. It's, it's in here. We are called to share these gifts so that they multiply within us and in those around us. Not because we're supposed to, you know, become a missionary overseas because they're heathens over there. But we're supposed to maybe become a missionary overseas because I'm a heathen in here. Listen, <laughs> come on. Yeah. And we need to focus that when he, when we're looking at these talents, they gave him five golden talents, two golden talents, and one golden talent. When they brought the talents back, there were five golden talents plus another five golden talents. They didn't multiply into something new. So when God gives you a talent, he wants you to cultivate that talent more. So if I, if my spirit, spiritual 
uh, thing of prayer that God wants me to become a better prayer warrior and then also multiply it by teaching others how to be a better prayer warrior. If God has gave me a gift of worship, he wants me to experience worship better and more in him and then teach others. That's what he was talking about. We're not. He's not giving me a um, gift of, of worship so that way I can teach people how to teach or how to right. evangelize. That's not what a... That's not what my gift is. I want to multiply my gift to be better, like we we have talked about, even for for musicians, right? At the beginning, you start and you, you plant chopsticks, and you're like, all right, this is all that I can do, and I'm going to play chopsticks for the, for the Lord. And then all of a sudden, you can play with all 10 fingers, and then more and more, and you're expanding, and now your worship, your skills, and the same thing with that. When we start praying, maybe the, when we became Christians, when we start praying at first, those that prayer was was small and timid and and not knowing what to say. And then as we got into the word and as we prayed more, all of a sudden God started putting in our hearts because we learned how to listen to him and to listen to the words that he speaks through us and how to speak to us. And then he gives us attentive ears to, to hear the hearts of those around us so we can pray more. So our talent for prayer becomes bigger. And that's what we give back to him. It's not something new that out of this talent we're going to turn into something else out of this talent we just grow big mm. five five talent golden talents become another five golden talents you know and you know that we just kind of go into what he what jesus said right so we're focusing on that they didn't say it was so they brought silver they brought diamonds no it's from gold to gold you know from the spiritual spiritual to spiritual and and that's what we need to put because we do start like Trish said we we should pray for other gifts but when we have this one gift let's just be the best of it and uh, Paul talks about it those those who the those who got a gift of prophet of prophecy prophesize those who give a gift of um, administration minister well those who give gift uh, of serving those like he's like if this is the gift just keep doing it just doing it do it well. Stop worrying about everybody else. Stop worrying about all these other things. Just if God led you into this gift, be part of that. Mm. And just walk in Grow it. Grow that gift and do it to the yeah. best, as glory unto the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm flipping over to that. Is anything? Yeah. 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 And the, we we really need to focus on it. I'm, I'm looking forward to have... Shh, having the discussion about this one the guy who hid the talent you want to get there or you first you want to read no go ahead. go ahead um so we're going to be in second timothy chapter one in a minute. uh in a minute but but we got to focus on this guy who hid why did he hid like why did he did he hide he had let, let's go with that yes fear the 75 pounds of gold he had mm-hmm. 75 pounds of gold and he had he was afraid mm-hmm. and why why maybe he, again he's like well it's not enough like the other guys i'm scared of him but if this was if this was given to you like if somebody entrusted that money to me i was like man they really trust me yeah they want me to do something with it like i for, for me if somebody gave me the, that much i don't again it's personal i'm not going in the in the scriptures personally i feel like there there was i I needed to do something with this money Mm -hmm. but for some reason 
he was fearful. He said he was fearful. The other thing, I, I was, we were talking about it. There's a chance that he was like, man, maybe he's not going to come back. Like, may, maybe this, this guy is not going to come back, so let me hide. So everybody will forget about the money that uh, I got. And then when he doesn't come back, hopefully he dies. Mm-hmm. Right? And then uh, we have the money. You so know. one of the things that jumped out when we were reading this story that I realized is that, you know, similar to in the garden, right? There's the fallenness. And the first thing that the man does is he blames the woman and the, you know, so on, right? And he says that I was afraid and so I hid, mm-hmm. right? him and you know he took his wife and they went <laughs> they went to go hide in the bush in the bush and here you know it's it's the same story that this man who receives a talent he says i was afraid and so i went and i hid right but he says i knew you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed and what what is revealed here is that he he has a judgment about the master that he serves he thinks that he is a wrathful fear invoking wow. God, right? That his Lord is this demanding hard man. He, he reveals what he believes about his master's heart. And so his master replies, you wicked, lazy servant. And, and he's, he calls him out because the reality is this man, I, I don't know what his real intention was. Like, why would you go hide $2 million in the ground? It's just not, it's just, yeah. there's nothing wise to it, whatever, unless you're an absolute fool. Because it's gonna it's gonna lose value. Someone may steal it. Someone may dig it up. Unless the only reason why people bury treasure is like to come back for it for themselves later. Yeah. And maybe that was his intent. Maybe he didn't think the master was coming back. Maybe his intention was to steal it and keep it to himself. We we don't know. But what we do know is that the master says, "You knew that I harvest where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered." He's basically calling him out. And he's like, "You're a liar." Because if that was the case, you would have put my money on deposit with the bankers where at least I would have gained interest. Mm. So he calls him out on his bluff and he, and he knows and he cuts straight to the heart of the servant. And he says, you wicked. He doesn't say that he's wicked and lazy because he didn't bring more money. He doesn't say he's wicked and lazy. He's, he calls him wicked and lazy because he, he went and buried it in the ground. He's, he's a liar. And one of the things that's interesting is that the word here for lazy is actually timid fearful so the servant is wicked and fearful not necessarily lazy like he wasn't willing to work um which then that brings us over to second timothy second timothy yeah one six through seven you're there right yeah i'm already do you want to read it no you go ahead okay so second timothy one six through seven says Hmm. for this reason i remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And it's just interesting to me that, you know, if we're, if we're looking at this story and we see that what, what is the riches, what is the pearl of great price, what is the treasure that Christ entrusted to us, that is his spirit. The Holy Spirit is his spirit poured out on us. And that's what we're to steward. So we know that. And this servant, because he was afraid and he didn't understand or whatever his motives were, he tried to hold, hold it and keep it for himself. Mm-hmm. And in return, you know, he, he's considered wicked and fearful where the other servants, you know, are able to come and enter the rest of the master. And, and what that invitation is, is 
where like Jesus says, you are no longer slaves, but friends. <laughs> so when a master invites you to join the banquet, he's saying you could take off your servant clothes and you will now reign with me. You will now have an inheritance in my kingdom. So that's the dynamic that's happening in Matthew 25 is that the first two servants. So first of all, the word servant is slave. So they're all slaves, meaning they own nothing. They have no freedom. They can do nothing. They, everything they have, every meal, everything comes from their master. So they're living off of him. And, and because they were faithful, when their master returns to settle accounts, he says, because you were a good and faithful servant, you will now get to join in my banquet and you get to celebrate and sit at the table with me and commune with me and, and reign with me. Where the other servant, he's like, you, you were, you were, it's a t- all of this when he pours out his spirit is a test of what are we going to do. And if we don't use the gifts that he's given us for the kingdom, and, and, and again, not out there, but in here, to be made more into the image of Christ and to trust that Christ is, is a loving, caring, you know, that he's not a fearful, wrathful God, um, that we, would, we will be able to join and enter his rest. And if not, we'll be cast out as a, as a wicked servant because... Mm. If you were, if you don't have, even what you have will be taken from you. Hmm. Because here, this person was a slave and he's like, I entrusted you with $2 million and you're going to come over here and tell me that I'm, I'm a hard man and that hmm. I'm, that I, I, I gather where I haven't sown. You're going to, you're going to tell me that I'm stingy and wrathful and, you know, he's like, well, then you're wicked. I'm just going to, you know, you're, I don't even want you as a slave. Like you're. You see the difference of what happens there. Yeah, and when we look at it, when we talk, and you know, the whole parable is the kingdom, kingdom of uh, kingdom of God. Um, the ending of it that they'll throw the worth that worthless servant outside into darkness, where there's will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth, and and the scary part is to to me is that he rejected the gift that his master gave him. And we do the same. Now we, there's those who God gives them opportunity for salvation and they give them opportunity of having the Holy Spirit in them and they reject it. They don't accept it. And that the, one of the biggest things they say, right? There's only one, uh, one on uh, unforgiven sin is... Uh, is going against the Holy Spirit. It's, it's that rejection, and I think in that mm. in that matter is like if we if we get the gift and we just hide it and not using anything else, we're pretty much rejecting it. We're not gonna take it and use it for something. We're gonna take it and we're just gonna throw it out or bury it or whatever else. And the that rejection can lead to hell, which is not not a fun sermon. No, not a fun sermon, but 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 when we're but, not a fun sermon. But, but I really but the journey we've been on is realizing, right? Remember that we are we are our, we were already dead in our sin. Yeah, we were already dead in our sin, and we are when we we are being born again. It's it's not that we have to die to ourselves again. This is all of the sermons that we've been going over and the conversations we've been having. We are learning to live. So scripture teaches in John 3 that that whoever does not receive the son stands condemned already. So we are not good by nature. We are not innocent. We we already stand condemned because God already knows our heart. He knows the wickedness that's in us. So before we even think it or act on it, he's like I already know 
that you're far from me. Right. So we don't have to say like, well, how is that fair that he would judge us like that? Because he he, he, knit us. he knows he knows what we're made of. He knows what we're capable. He knows what we're going to do. He knows the end from the beginning. And we have to understand that, that he sees that in us and we stand condemned already. We are already dead. We are learning to live. We are learning to be born again. We are being resurrected. All of those illustrations um, that we, it's not like we're, we're alive, but, and then we, we pick up our cross and we die and we, no, we, we are coming to life because we already stood condemned. Amen. We were already on our way to hell. Mm-hmm. That's the point. So God does not send anyone to hell, but he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him may not perish, but may find everlasting life. We were, we were already stood condemned. We were already on our way to hell and God is being patient with us. That was something we talked about last week from Peter, that he is being patient with us because he wants all of us to come to repentance. Amen. So he's Amen. like, I'm not sending you to hell. You're choosing it. I yeah. want you. I'm begging you. I died on a cross to get you to change direction. Again, back to the conversation we had a couple, like a month or so ago about the reason Christ died on the cross was not to change God's attitude towards us. Christ died on the cross to change how we view God. Mm-hmm. To change that we didn't see him as this wrathful, angry God, but that he's, his arms are wide open. He's just waiting for us to come to him, to draw near to him. He's a loving father, and he says, just turn to me, and I will answer you. Yeah. Right? So that act on the cross was not to change God's view of you, but to change your view of God. Hmm. Because we were already in disobedience. We were mm-hmm. already children of wrath. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, so just kind of to summarize it, just to finish it, finish it off, is that we, we need to focus on, on, these, on these things of that, the, these talents that we have, they come from god and it's and they are gods Mm. it's the spirit the holy spirit that is in us that he has gifted us so that is a very important part the the other thing is that we need to remember that we don't um that they're all made of this holy spirit so we just keep multiplying that gift that doesn't matter if we have five four three two one whatever but we hold on to that and we nourish that gift we nourish that gift and we multiply that gift and we live in that gift and if god willing he'll add another gift or another talent to you but let's focus on what we have and not just hide it because there's only one of it and we don't value it the way god values it Mm -hmm. um i think those right so just going back and kind of unpacking second timothy one it says um, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of yeah. God, right? So what our role is, is that we have been given, just like an act where there's tongues of fire, you know, when you receive Christ and you receive the Holy Spirit, um, that we are to fan into flame. It's, it's like Jesus is like, okay, you, your, your flame, your spirit was dead. You, you've already burned out. You're a lamp mm. with no anointing, no oil. Yeah. You're, you know... You, you have no flame left. You are already dead in your sins. So he gives us a spark. And our job is to like, okay, yeah. you gave us a second chance. I'm not going to let the lamp burn out this time. I'm going to keep the fire burning. Like he, and not only do we want a little flame, right? But we want, we want more. We want more. We want that, that flame that is an all-consuming fire. Because it says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, 
but a spirit of power, of love, and of Mm self-discipline. So we don't want to be those fearful, wicked servants, right? We want to say, oh my gosh, Lord, I was... I was already dead. Like I was already wicked and condemned. I I thought I was like this great child of God and I'm over here shaking my fist. Like, why are you letting me suffer? And he's like, no, I already knew, but I've given you grace and I loved you before you loved me. Hmm. Right. You don't know how to love me. Like even the fact that you, no one comes to the father. I mean, unless, unless the spirit draws him. Right. Yeah. So we have to take that little flame and with, with with faith right it's the, just the faith of a mustard seed you fan it into flame and and the spirit becomes this all-consuming fire um one of power of love and of a sound mind yeah and i love the picture of the fan, flame of, of the flame if you if anybody ever tried to do that it's a lot of work mm-hmm. like especially when there's just amber and you're like and it finally sparks up and you're like, oh, good. And then it dies down and then you got to go again and again and again. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? You can't just let it out. You, can, right. you can't just walk away from it. It's got to be a, a, work in, a work in progress. You keep on coming back. You keep, keep on flaming it. And, and you, you know, and you put some fuel to it and you make it bigger. So you add more skills to the, to the flame that God has given you, right? So, but it is, you can't just walk away. It's like, it's not like, man, you know, God gave, gave, gave me a gift for prayer. Well, I haven't prayed in about a month or so, but I'm sure if I jump back on it, they'll be okay. Huh. And, and, and God's like, uh, let's start with back with Ember. <laughs> you know, <laughs> keep working on it, you know. And so. just, to, just to tie this back to, to the idea of sharing, right? Because we think that, oh, you know, giving, sharing, what we're supposed to do is we join the church and we're supposed to, you know, if I can sing, I join the worship team. If I can do this, I can do that. And and it's all about sharing and giving, you know. And and Jesus says that you are the light of the world. You're just supposed to shine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take your fire and light everybody else. You can't save anybody. You know, you may Amen. sing amazing, but the only way someone is going to come to salvation through your singing is if the Lord wills it and the Holy Spirit speaks the divine word yeah. and gives that spark. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just resounding gong, right? Without mm. love, it's nothing. Right. Yeah. So what we're meant to share, it says here, you know, that, that you fan into flame the gift of God. Where we go wrong, and I believe this is why so many Christians, myself included, have, we burn out. Because we're so focused on stretching our flame. And God is like, you only have this little, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You don't have, and I'm like, here, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need, and, and it's like, and Jesus is like, I got them. Would you just focus on like your own yeah. discipleship? Like, could Come you just, on. could you just fan into When you're a bigger, stronger flame, then maybe you can share. Like there's <laughs> a, a time vision. to just sit and receive and allow, and then when you're an all-consuming fire, okay, then you can share the love. But we're like, here, you need Jesus. And people are looking like, mm, I don't know if I really want that, you know? And then we burn out, right? And you're in church, and you're like, I'm on fire for you, Lord. And then you're like, oh, oh my God, I have four services to sit to go to today. <laughs> <laughs> right? and we're just like, I don't want to go to small group. I don't want to listen. I don't want to have a prayer circle, you know, because our fire is burning out. Say it. He's like, just shine. You don't have to do, you don't have to save the world. You don't have to set everybody else on fire. Just focus on your own little flame. (laughs) You're doing too much. You're doing way too much. And you're going to burn out. So maybe some of us just needed to hear, like, when we're sharing your gifts, 
all you have to do is shine and not burn out. Like you don't have to go and and spread your fire to everybody else and set everybody else on fire. Worry about your own flame and watch how the Holy Spirit multiplies within you and increases those gifts. Yeah, and I think even even in that, there's such a great great visionary. But the cool thing is is that what we can do is as we flame in the fire and our fire gets bigger. We, we don't have to give our flame to them, but people can come and warm up. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? That's really it's, sweet. It's, it's one of those things. <laughs> those, those, those who, are bur- who, are, who have burned out, the, you, they would seek someone whose flame is bigger and they can just like, let me rest. Can, can I just rest in your, right. in, in your flame for, for a little yeah. bit? Mine, mine will get there. I just, I, I, I can't. My hand is tired. I can't flame it. You're not cutting that out. Thanks for joining us. We hope this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to God. Know you are loved and covered in prayer.